podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard! It's 2-0! It's Chelsea's championship! And 50 years of waiting have come to an end! Lampard comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness! It's a counter-attack! Here's Didier Drogba! And now Kedir in the middle! Drogba goes! Stretch it! Stretch it! Mix it on when you do! Stretch it! Chelsea 2! Drop it in the centre! McCoy just came to the ground and was four by that ball that madness. Money that was broken. Stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. Mitchell Money was the first one that came from the Hello, welcome to Chesi Hour. My name is Meads. I'll be your host for this evening. Um, and I'm joined by two special guests. I've got Dan Soff. He's saying, bro. bro. I'm all right, man. How are you? Yeah, I can't complain. I can't complain. Um, Jay, how you doing, bro? I'm all good, my brother. Doing good, man. Yeah. So, um, as you've probably known, it's been a theme this week, um, the club pods. We've been going through um, past games. And um, this week, we've um, decided to go and have a look at um, the Chelsea versus Liverpool match in 2009, Champions League quarterfinals, first leg, um, away in Anfield. Um, massive game. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So, I... I I trust that Jay and Dan both watched the game. And I don't know if we're going to have like exactly the same thoughts, but um, yeah, I, I want to kind of get your thoughts, like, especially um, like on the first half. I, I want to break it down into sections. So first of all, did watching it again literally change your perspective of how you remembered the game and what you thought actually occurred in that game? Because I remember, for a long period of time, that game, when I, when I used to talk to my friends about the game, 
I always just think, yeah, oh, we outplayed Liverpool for the whole game. Like, we went to we went to Anfield and bopped them. But mm. rewatching the game, what were you lot's thoughts um, on rewatching? Just just watching it again. What were your thoughts? Your initial impressions? How we played? And um, yeah, just 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 tell me how you felt the game went. All right, I'll go first. But it's, it's a mad one when you talk about this. And one of my questions I've got for you is why you picked this game? Is there anything um, significant? Because for, for me, this game, I don't think about it at all. It's totally out of my memory. Yeah. Actually, so this game was the first leg, right? Yeah. Chelsea versus Liverpool under Hiddink. I went to the, the second leg, mm-hmm. the 4-4 at Stamford Bridge. Mm-hmm. So when I think about the semi-final, all I think about is that game, which is which made this like a, a very interesting watch for me because when you said, yeah, this is going to be the game, I couldn't remember a single thing about it. So I was going in fresh. And even watching it, it didn't jog my memory. It didn't feel like a game I've watched before. Who knows? Maybe I, don't, I probably did watch it, but I, I came in fresh. And obviously seeing it, it was just interesting because it was interesting because seeing the lineup, I expected Mikel to be there um, yeah. as the anchor, but SEM was there. And it's interesting because you know, everybody knows that um, a hot topic for Chelsea fans is having a protector in front of the defence. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to watch for the protector. I'm going to see how he protects. That was one of the first things I saw when I saw the lineup. And also, I saw the lineup, and one of the first things that I noticed was that the back four was, I forgot. Sometimes you can forget about players. Maybe it's just my memory, but the back four was Ashley Cole, John Terry. Alex and Ivanovic. Yeah. When I tell you that's four defenders, those are four, you know what I mean? Solid, solid, solid defendable defenders. Like, you know defenders are, yeah. So, so, remember last week when we did the draft? Um, yeah. I picked Alex, and a lot of people were like, oh, Alex is. Uh, I was yeah, thinking, Alex. I was thinking, what? Like, because a lot of people don't really realize that Alex was solid. Yeah. A it, it was solid a shame. defender. And even in this game, I felt yeah. he was much better than John yeah. Terry. I thought John Terry was all over the place, really. And truly. We'll, we'll get, we'll get into, we'll get, we'll, into we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah like you were saying, the defense just absolutely solid, resolute, rigid. Men. You're like, proper men. That's a, that's exactly like, it. Proper men. Yeah. Um, and I, not just men. Do you know what they remind me of? Like war heroes. I would go to war. Yeah. With Ivanovic, I'd go to war with Alex, I'd go to war with Terry, yeah. even little Ashley Cole. Yeah, and I know Jermaine, Jermaine, I'm gonna leave Ashley Cole for you because I know you got words for him. But what I'm saying is when it comes down to this day of age where we're thinking about fullbacks going forward, like let's not forget about the art of defending. And I think just seeing that base, it's like I was comfortable. Yeah. Um and then so the midfield three with the midfield three starting that game was uh, it was Essien, like I said, in the, the holding role. And then it was Lampard, left central midfield. And then it was um, Balak. Yeah. Now, this yeah. was interesting for me because I've always... Lampard loves to run into the box. And now there's this whole thing with... Remember I was saying with Loftus-Cheek? I'm always thinking, all right, cool. If Loftus-Cheek going to be there, what's going to happen when he goes up? Because Loftus-Cheek... Like, we know that Lampard likes to get in the box. And we want Loftus-Cheeks to get in the box. But we still want to be solid. So... We managed to achieve that in games. And so I was watching that to see, okay, how does Lampard come back and help out or does he leave it? So that was interesting for me. Um, And then the front three was Drogba, which was interesting for me because 
I don't, I'm not one of those Chelsea fans that thinks that Drogba's always been amazing. I think he's had, I'm not even talking about goals. I'm talking about just, like, we'll get into the debate. I know me to you, we'll get into the debate. But I think even technically, he, grow, he grew as he was at Chelsea. So I wanted to see where he was at technically in this game. Mm. And then we had Maluda, who I've never rated. And even though he's, he's like, he scored goals and all that type of stuff, I just always thought that, especially because we sold Robben and Maluda, that was so disappointing to go from Robben to Maluda. But, but saying that, like, but the, the difficulty is that I have to navigate is that Maluda has been part of one of our best attacks ever. Yeah. But at the same time, I just don't rate him. So I wanted to fresh eyes on Maluda. And then Kalu, I didn't have any expectations in terms of trying to find out anything interesting in Kalu. But as we talk about a game, something came to life. But that was me. That was my thoughts on like the first level. Um, what, what about you, Jay? What, what are your thoughts? Um, because, um, again, there was a, there's a lot to cover. That's the, that's the one thing I love about re-watching games is because it gives you a, a fresh perspective. And because we're, well, a lot of us, and most Chelsea fans are super passionate. Most football fans are ridiculously passionate. In the midst of a game when it's live, you're, you're so heated and so invested, you're not actually looking at the small details. You're not looking at certain details. And a lot of it gets lost. The game's done. The result is there. You mainly worry about the result rather than the performance. If it's a win, you're not really looking at the performance as a whole or looking at individual performances as a whole. Um, what were your thoughts um, initially? Your initial thoughts just going into the game, what you were expecting to see? Um, and yeah, the same question I asked Daniel. Well, what were your uh, immediate thoughts when you started watching the game? Yeah, um, I, I remember going into that into that tie, and um, to be honest, I was pretty confident. And and obviously, around those times, I think a lot of Chelsea fans were pretty confident in terms of the players that we had and the and the and the names that we had on the team sheet nine times out of ten. But um, I remember looking at the team as well and. One thing that I just never, ever forget about, about those years um, with the Chelsea squad is similar to what Dan was saying about the, the, the back four um, and what you guys were saying about how solid they were. But just generally, I think people forget how much um, like we used to bully teams. Like, and the thing is, we never used to need to... Like, sometimes we didn't even need to play well. And I think that was a good example. Like, we, we just didn't even need to play well sometimes. We just needed like about 10, 15 minutes of, of decent decent play from from three or four players and and we could just turn the game on his head but like mm. I think I looked at I looked at the, the whole team and I think there was about there was only really one short and slight player in frame and that one player was like the best player in his position so it's, it, it was just mental to like look at the team sheet again and see how strong we really were but um I think Maluda again, like he's been somebody that's always annoyed me in terms of his style of play. But I don't know. I was watching him, and he just sleep. He just like seems so effective as well, like on the pitch. I don't know. Like it's weird. It's a weird one with Maluda because mm. I hate everything about his game. I really do. I hate everything about his game. It's nothing. Nothing that he does excites me in mm. terms of like, you, when he plays the game. Did, did you did you feel like certain players, not necessarily? Um, surprised you um because we'll get onto mm. that a little bit later on but it's more about did did you look at certain players and then start to think actually maybe i might have been a little bit harder than them when i was younger or i yeah. didn't really value them when i was younger because i didn't really see what they did or my my focus was mainly on the didiers and maybe on the lampards and on the sens but you're not really 
actually appreciating what they were about. You know what I mean? Yeah, def- def- definitely. I think um, uh, we already spoke about how good Alex was. I think uh, I did rate Alex when he was at Chelsea, but I don't think I rated him as highly as maybe maybe I should have. Mm-hmm. I think um, watching him there. I think people forget that he was quite a leader as well, like in his career in yeah. terms of wherever he was. So yeah. I think he's he's one of them. And um we me and Dan spoke briefly as well about um well I think all three of us actually didn't do it, but um about um uh, Solomon Kalu as well. And mm-hmm. I think um watching back again, like he's <laughs> I don't know, like you you guys know how I am already when it comes to like you know, players like William or players like you know, players that have like decent ability but they don't really they don't really um live up to their potential or ever or or they I feel like they should be doing more. I'm very, very quick to like get onto them and I remember screaming at Kalu so many times mm-hmm. like back then because I just felt like I always wanted more from him. But um watching the game though, I do see like he he's not as he wasn't as bad as, as I thought. But also, I, I think it's important to know how good the team was as well. Mm. So it's like, you want him to raise to kind of like the quality of the others, but you forget that we had four or five players that were like the best in their position at the time as well. So it's like, I don't know, man. I think it's uh, it was probably a bit harsh. It's interesting because like, me and Dan say this quite often when it comes to Chelsea fans and just, I guess squad players and rotationary players, um, we feel like it's, it's quite weird. Like, I genuinely feel like Chelsea fans, or just fans in general, tend to... Um, actually, let, let me say Chelsea fans. I feel like Chelsea fans tend to be a lot harder on squad players than, mm. than actual first-teamers. And I find that quite odd, because Kalu, I wouldn't say he came under immense criticism at Chelsea, but it's almost like, you know when... Say, for example, he missed a chance and there'd be groans at the ground. I remember there was a certain instances where Kalu would do that. Um, and it's just a, it's a bit weird. I find it quite strange. I feel like when, you, when you're a player that isn't playing often and when you get your opportunity and you're not razor sharp, you, I, find it, I almost find it a bit weird that you hold them to the same standards as people that actually start week in, week out and they don't perform, and you're not really giving them that much criticism. I find it quite strange. And, like, yeah. Kalu, for example, in that game, I thought it was excellent. Um, just just from a tactical standpoint as well. Weren't even just necessarily that he was blowing Liverpool away, but from a tactical perspective, you really appreciated a player like him because he followed out his instructions to the team, but also brought some quality that, I guess, knitted in the offensive side of the game. So it was, it was quite odd. Like, so my first, especially in the first half, so when you were saying, um, oh, that, yeah, as a team, we was, was so good. I watched the game and I, I, I couldn't help but feel quite disappointed in the way that we played. And it's not, I know that a lot of people, a lot of people used to say, oh, Chelsea played poor football, poor football. And I, I used to argue it that, no, 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 Chelsea, we don't play great football. We play functional football, effective football. Um, but if we need to turn it on, we can. And I feel like that, was, that is a big theme of Chelsea um, in our history. Yeah. We've always been able to turn it on when necessary. Um, but I felt that first half was so, so disappointing and strange, like, especially with um, the midfield. So I felt in a... 
I felt Frank Lampard in the first half was excellent. I felt he, he was excellent. He was definitely our, our best midfielder in the first half. However, I didn't like how... So you see where... Um, you see there's, there's that games this season where we've conceded where it's a cutback to the edge of the box and someone's able to just slot it in. Mm. And people say, oh, Jorginho's not doing his job. Jorginho's mm. not protecting the back four. Jorginho's not doing his job. If, if Jorginho was doing his job, or if we had like a, a, a Matic there or a, a Mikel there or Essien there, that wouldn't happen. Or Kante there, it wouldn't happen. Mm. It's, I find it quite weird because I look at, I look at Torres' first goal, um, well, Torres' goal um, in the match. And I wouldn't say it was a great goal. I feel like it was a weak challenge, I think, by Lampard. Um, on Arbeloa and he managed to squeeze it into Torres and Torres' first time finish but there was no one on the edge of the box I think Essien got dragged in and Balak was just watching and yeah it was just it was sort of bad goal to concede but it was just weird that I, I'm almost certain that there wouldn't have been that much criticism of an Essien or um, yeah of an Essien um, when you're leaving Torres in all that amount, uh, that amount of space and we can see the goal. I don't think there'll be that much criticism, but if it was a Jorginho now, it'd be a different energy. It's quite interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, the midfield composition, I didn't quite like it. I, I you know, for me, I, lo- I love Essien. Essien is my guy yeah. and I'd play him anywhere. But when you do play him as a DM, you take so much away from him. And it's, mm. it's like, even in that game, like you saw when he, pushes forward and goes forward like we look so different as an attacking outfit and it just it restricted him so much and he was again he grew into the game second half it was excellent he pretty much locked down Gerard. um so from a tactical perspective he was excellent but i felt like balak personally and you guys know i'm a big balak fan but he was diabolical and i'm always starting to i'm not necessarily reassess my view on him, but I'm trying. I'm starting. No, no, no. I'm being, I'm being genuinely honest. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm thinking. Well, because Balak has given so much moments of quality throughout his career. Am I over overstating how great he was for us, and um, like applying his career to his period at Chelsea? So yes. I want to go back. So I want to go back and watch further games again because I do do this. I do go back and watch games. And there's a certain games where he's been excellent. I, like, I remember the West Ham away game, West Ham at home. Let's see. Excellent games. But I just want to keep, keep going back. I want to keep going back and looking at um, past games because I feel it's very, very important to relook at games with fresh eyes. Um, and that's past and, and present games. I feel like it's very important to, to do that because um, it definitely changes your mindset and, I guess, the way you view players and view things in football um, when you do that away from the hype, away from the emotion in, in the game. Um, so, yeah, Balak, I felt, was um, pretty poor. I don't know, Dan, I know you were probably smiling when you were watching Balak's performance because you are no, feeling quite vindicated. You are probably feeling quite no. vindicated because, I, I, you know, because I've been talking about Balak, so that's my guy, that's my guy. But you're like, oh, I don't know. So, no, what are you saying? You must have thought, yeah. Balak. No, Balak was my prime target. I had other agendas that were higher on the list. <laughs> And like for me, um, it kind of did tally up with my view of Balak. Not not, not saying that I think he's a bad player, no. and I think we should synchronize when you're watching the game. We should watch, I I'm, I want to watch it too because um, it's a good exercise. But I think that that kind of embodied what I saw of Balak. Now Balak, 
like he scored headers and he, you know, what? I like his attitude. And even though I don't think he was good, one of the things that made him good, if there was anything that made him good in that game, was he he was really Bat- nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a battler and yeah. a fowler. And, <laughs> yeah, a fowler. <laughs> and, you know what's crazy? Yeah. Like, what's crazy is. He should have got bought Before so many that game again. Yeah. Oh my god, he should have he should have been off. He should have been off. Yeah. What what was yeah. so crazy is I really didn't as much as I love Balak here, yeah, I completely unappreciated that side of his game. I always yeah. used to think about Balak and think about what he was doing on the ball, how he was getting about the pitch, gliding about the pitch, and he's just like, you know, just about. He's about, you know what I mean? Just, he's solid, he's about, he's just getting about, popping it about, and getting in, you know, from... Uh, yeah, I just, I never really... I didn't really appreciate how much of a dirty player he was. <laughs> I'm going to be started doing that as well, though, because... um. He was, I think he realised as well that he was having a bit of a stinker. And he and he started just rattling players no. throughout the game. Yeah. And I, I think you start to do that as well. It grows, like, frustration grows during the he game. Got, he got Riera about three times. Like, just got him. He just clapped him three times. Like, I remember... Yeah, and you know what? I was going to say, when you watch Balak, a lot of the time he does these kind of redirect passes where he, like, passes with his studs. So, like, if the ball comes in the air, he'll pass with his studs. But, like, He's always with his studs up. So even when he's tackling, yeah. like he's scraping people's legs. Bro, <laughs> he's so dirty. Like, yeah. I, was, I, was, you know, I was so, I was proud to see it again. Yeah. I was happy to see it because yeah. it's almost like I miss that aggression. But yeah. I then just thought, just the stuff on the ball, passing it out for throw-ins and stuff. I was yeah. thinking, what? Yeah. So, <laughs> Thinking, so, where the hell is this German efficiency? I was so bad. So just to kind of set the tone of the game as, again, this was the Champions League. Was it semi-final? The quarter-final, man. Quarter-final. This, this is the Champions League quarter-final. Like, I don't know about you guys watching, but I didn't really... It just felt like a Premier League match. Maybe because mm, it was nah. daytime. Maybe it was because it, it wasn't properly. It weren't proper, proper dark. That's the thing. It was yeah, like it, wasn't. it was yeah. like blue. You had like the dark blue sky. Like it wasn't yeah. too dark. And, and maybe because it went straight into the match, and I didn't hear the Champions League music. But I just didn't. I didn't have that aura, right? But watching also, the game, you didn't watch any commentary as well. That's probably what it yeah. was. Yeah, there was no commentary. But watching the game, I kind of. After, and and also I read in the match report that this was just off in that press conference in the lead up to this game. Do you remember Rafa's facts rant? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was in the build up for this game. So he was rattled. And if like you mentioned Albert Riera, and one of the things that pissed me off because Mead has already kind of um, said his point about he don't he doesn't think we played well. But don't forget you mentioned Albert Riera. Yeah. Um, like Lucas was playing. Um, don't forget, this was the era, I'm going to take you back, this was the era when clubs represented kind of countries, so like, at this point, Liverpool was Spanish. Spanish, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Arsenal still had a little bit of French thing, we were like, English and African and shit like that, so it was that era, and I was just disappointed, like, when I watched, saw the Liverpool team, you had Gerard, you had Torres, you had Xabi, like, there wasn't much there, do you know what I mean, to be frightened of, yeah. whereas when you look at our team, like you said, legends, 
So it was disappointing that we couldn't control the game. And what the reason why I say that is, don't forget this midfield. This is the midfield that everybody listening is pining for. Everyone saying, "Oh, Jorginho, Kovacic, and, and uh, like people rate Kante, but they're like, if only we had this midfield." Now, mm. one thing I was mad disappointed with, and uh, means you, you're saying that you thought Lampard was playing good. I don't think he was playing good because I think, and you know what? It reminds me of his management style. Right. There was no patience. Everything was get the ball straight you. over the top. Direct, direct, direct. No, I don't know. I I, I, I was disappointed that that midfield didn't play ball. They didn't. They didn't play ball between each other. Let me let me dive in quickly. Um, so I'm I'm gonna disagree with you on Relampard, right? So what I kept seeing from the okay, let's just let's go back to the structure of the tide and the style of in which we tried to play. So first and first and first. We were so direct, it was ridiculous. And it was bothering me. Because I think Alonso, Alonso, there's a big for all about Alonso and, you know, how he was fantastic for Liverpool and stuff. But in that game, I felt like if you pressed him and didn't give him no time, he was doing niche. And when I mean niche, literally losing the ball all the time. But it wasn't happening enough. We were so... I wouldn't even say frightened, and I don't know if it was the game plan or not, but it was almost like we just didn't want to hold on to the ball. We didn't appreciate the ball. It was so, it was just so, just get it into Drogba. Get it into Drogba. And it was so jarring. And the worst thing about that was, in the first half especially, because Lampard was trying to be more disciplined and wasn't bowing on in support of Lampard, in support of Drogba, Drogba's just getting it and his touch is shocking. His his yeah. knockdowns are poor. So yeah. no one's near him to like receive the ball. Like it's just him, yeah. and it's it, just going straight back to Liverpool. And Liverpool got the ball sideways passes, sideways passes, trying to fizz it into Torres. It was just such a. It was like you know that was the period of where you're thinking, okay, English football. This is the pinnacle, right? So this is 2008, 2009, the season before we got to the Champions League final. The season before that, we had, no, the season before the last four seasons. So 2005, 2006, we got knocked out by Liverpool. 2006, 2007, we got knocked out by Liverpool. 2007, 2008, we knocked out Liverpool. And this one, we knocked out Liverpool again. So it was a big English battle between Liverpool and Chelsea. And maybe that probably got what got into the, the, the mind of the Chelsea players where they're just like, fuck it, we're just going to give it to them. And we're not even going to think about playing ball. We're not, we're not going to have enough. Goal. Right. We're going to play the second, we're going to play the second ball. and not... They didn't focus on their game. And I, I didn't like that, especially when, like you said, the Liverpool side, Bar Torres and Gerrard, I, they didn't really strike you with that much fear. They had Dirk Kyle on the right on the right hand side. They had Riera on the left hand side. Lucas and um they had Lucas and Alonso Zabby. and Zabi Alonso. And yeah. They had Dosena at left back. It just well, Dosena came on. It was Fabio at left back. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage, and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity Internet and learn about our great offers. You'll get amazing value with speeds that deliver and reliable coverage you can count on. And with XFi Advanced Security, you can keep all the devices in your home connected and protected from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more today. Restrictions apply. It just wasn't really... There was nothing really there to be worried about. 
So it was just, it was very disappointing that we didn't take the game by the scruff in the first half. I feel like in the second half, after the first goal came, after the second goal went in, all right, that's when we started to play a little bit. Um, but yeah, but just back to the first half, it was just so uncontrolled. It, it was way too direct. And I felt yes. like on, on first, when I watched it yesterday, my first thought was like, Drogba, this is absolutely diabolical. And he just got back from injury. He had a, a bouts on the injuries that season um, and the season before to be fair um, but he looked so rusty but at the same time I don't feel like I didn't feel like the way we played was helping him at all uh, I was going to say as well like in, 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 in a game like that in terms of you look at some of the names that are on the pitch for, for mainly for us obviously um, it was disappointing in terms of like when I looked at the midfield and I, and I kept looking at the build up in play so Terry and them, they were doing their job. They were getting the ball. They were playing into the midfield. But it's it's so weird that <laughs> I watch now and I'm looking at Essien and dropping deep to pick up the ball and it just looks just... Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, the worst thing is, they're getting the oh. ball, they're dropping deep, getting the ball, but then launching it. Why? Like, why? That's, and that's the thing, because, because these guys, are all three of them are box-to-box midfielders. Mm. All three of them are box-to-box midfielders. All three of them are. Mm. All three of them are box to box midfielders. None of them. None of them are 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 are, are a DLP. None of them are really. I wouldn't really call. Well, well, for me personally, I've never seen Michael Essien as like a, a dominant, like just defensive midfielder. Because I've always felt like he can do both sides of the game. Yeah. So when he was dropping deep to get the ball, he's not someone that would drop deep, beat two players, and then you know keep it ticking or like he's not. He's nothing like that. So when he was getting the ball. I think what he was doing, and then you look at the players that we've got wide as well in terms of um, Kalu and Maluda. I think Maluda as well. Like I don't, I didn't really see him as a great link-up player either. Oh. Like he used to just get the ball and kind of just try and run them down the left. Yeah. So to, to be fair to Essien, though, to be fair to him, I did feel like he was able to step out like when necessary. It was few far yeah. between, but when he did, he was comfy. He was so comfy at doing. And then, yeah, and what made it worse was then Balak was having a shocker in terms of possession. Uh, in terms of possession, uh, like the the simple things that he can do that we know he can do in terms of those short passes, like his range of passing is is quality. Like he can he can ping a pass. You know what I mean? So when he was losing the ball as well, short uh, passing, it, was, oh, it made it so much worse. And then Lampard, Lampard must have thought, "Fucking no, am I ever going to get this ball?" Probably thought, "Fuck it, I'm going to drop in there too." Then it was just a mess. You got all three of them. Dropping deep, not like trying to trying to go forward, but then obviously nobody's in front of them, so they're pinging it up to Drogba, they're pinging it to Maluda. It's like it was it, the first half was. Where I was saying Lampard performed well for me is for me when it's not necessarily the passing because I felt the passing what he was trying to do was hit Drogba, and that's probably by instruction. But I think he ended the game about sixty five percent. Percent, like, no, it, was, it, was it was 58. Something like that. Um, yeah. So, what I was seeing from Frank, it's like the short passing, perfect. You know, is it, the things with Frank, and I think that one thing that I definitely underappreciated him was his weight, his ability to, I guess, drift past people and like his quick feet in between players. <laughs> like, he would yeah. done that a couple of times. I'm thinking, what? Frank? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I completely forgot that this was what he was about. But it was just, I guess the patterns of play were so bad, like nothing was connected. No, like nothing was connected. It was so dreadful. 
And Liverpool, for me, I felt they deserved to be in front a million percent. When they scored the goal, I don't think they were carving us apart. They, they absolutely weren't. But just no. on the basis on the quality of play, I oh, felt they did deserve to be in front. Yeah. I don't know about you lot, but that's just how I felt, honestly. When they yeah, scored, was, when I saw the goal, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> it, it was it was a really good goal, and one thing to mention because obviously Torres came to Chelsea. One thing I noticed was that obviously, so let me paint the picture. Don't forget, this is Blonde Torres. Yeah, with, uh, I know what you're gonna say. Tape. Hungry. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, so like. <laughs> He he looked good, but one of the things that I noticed there is that he still had the aura. Fam. So I I think that if 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 people had the idea that yo this guy ain't shit, like there was a couple of times where I think Alex just go get the ball, Fam. but because he had that aura of this is Torres, they gave him so much space. Fam. Oh bro, okay, I'm cutting in. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> lie. When I watched it, yeah, yeah. I, um, the first thing I felt, okay, when he scored the goal. I'm like, all right, yeah. It's, to be fair, moments before the goal, because the goal came in like the fourth minute or something like that. So yeah. moments before the goal, yeah, he was like showing little shimmies here and there. Like you can see, yeah. he is prime confident. He is confident. That's yeah. it. He is on it. He is on it and he's going to give us a bad day. Terry getting the slip, everything. I'm like, okay, this is, this is Torres that everyone used to talk about, yeah? yeah? Then he scored the goal. Cool. Went quiet a bit. Um, to be fair, I wouldn't say quiet. I think Alex just roughed them up a little bit. There were certain moments where... Te- it wasn't even Alex. It was Terry. I felt Terry was shook, like, so scared of him. And then there was uh-huh. one challenge in the first half from Ashley Cole that rattled him. And that made him think, OK, you know what? No, it wasn't even... It wasn't Cole. It was Alex. And that rattled him. And that was it. I, I felt like I was seeing Torres at Chelsea again. And it's weird. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I, I just kept, like, you know at Chelsea where you think, oh, like, if he did this, like, it, it, he'd score. If he did this, then it, he'd do that. I always kept feeling that. I kept getting those flashbacks. Like, oh, you know what? This Torres reminds me of the Torres I saw at Chelsea. Like, but, snatch, uh, snatching at shots and stuff, snatching at chances yeah. and stuff. It's good effort. So don't get me yeah. wrong. Because like, even at Chelsea, he's having great efforts. But it's just not going in. And I just kept feeling that with him. It's, it was such a weird, a weird feeling for me. Because back in the day, everyone used to talk about Torres as this super guy. And I, yeah, don't get me wrong. He, he, he was a guy. But I just couldn't help but feeling, you know what? And maybe this is just bias because of what I knew he became. But what I saw, I went into the game completely blank, completely fresh, and completely unbiased on it. And I just felt, you know what? If you kind of... If you kind of like get into Torres, he ain't really yeah. gonna bother you that much. That's that's literally and like I I swear to you, this is not me just saying it. Like check my tweets, check my at the time. Like I just I always said he ain't that good. He's not that good. But then how can you keep saying that when man scored twenty goals or whatever? Killing it, innit? But but like you can build an aura. And I was thinking a couple of times it's like they gave him space because. And to be fair, a couple of times, I remember someone got close and he nutmegged them and they went through. And, and he did, he, you know what, he did the channel striker thing well. I think if there's anyone that kind of really went missing that match, if anyone that didn't come clutch, it was Gerard. He was terrible. I, I, did, I don't remember Bro, Steven. Considering how was, bad the middle was. He was yeah. terrible. And exactly, considering how poor our midfield composition was, 
how poor Balak was, how poor Lampard was on the ball. It was mm. quite shocking yeah, to see that yeah. Gerard did not take this game by the scruff. I felt like it was. I was. I was. I, you, you guys saw my tweets. I, I tweeted about the game yesterday, and the one thing that I noticed throughout the game is most of it. Gerard was silent, but when he was trying to, when he was trying to do stuff, he was always mm. trying to do the Hollywood. And when you're trying to do the Hollywood and it's not coming off, you just literally look worse than you actually are, and worse than you your, your game was. And I just kept he kept trying to do like the impossible passes and the impossible shots, and mm. it just wasn't really working. I didn't understand why he was doing that because I felt like if he kept it quite simple. Considering how poor our midfield was, he could have eaten pretty well, but he he was non-existent that game. And when he yeah, existed, he was poor. Yeah, him, him, and him and Chabi Alonso because Chabi Alonso got um, quite a lot of space sometimes on the ball, and he and he and he managed to get the ball in in some dangerous positions as well in terms of like when it broke down in midfield due to us obviously it just being like a whole flipping pinball game in there, mm. like it was dropping to him and Torres obviously. At the time, Torres did have quite a good movement, and and he looked he looked quite sharp at times as well. So, when Torres was making the runs, Xavi Alonso was missing passes for fun, yeah. and so was Gerard. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and, and I like to say that. Let me run my agenda. Let me run my agenda. Just quickly, just a couple of times, Torres just kept getting frustrated. Like it, it literally was like Torres of Chelsea. Like he just kept blaming everyone. Like, bro, why are you yeah. passing it? That is Torres, bro. That's Torres. When I, let me run my agenda because, again, <laughs> again, when people talk about Jorginho and not all passes come off, like, it's so easy for you to forget all of these bad passes. Yeah. And when you're talking about a legend and just remember the Hollywood, like, right. every pass goes through. But it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like, Jeremy Alonso was a good passer, but not all of them come off. So, like, that's what I'm just... Like, let me let me just sprinkle that in there. But continue. <laughs> fact, oh, no, I it, it, it's, 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 it's such a good point to make as well, like because it I feel is. like unless you watch the games back, like me said, it's so important. Like I'm even like coming to terms with the whole watching games back and kind of you know changing your whole kind of perspective on on what you actually thought things were mm. and how you thought they were in terms of like you're you're getting at Jorginho and you're getting at Kovacic and you're getting at all these players in midfield. And I'm looking at them. I'm looking at the players in that game. Yeah. Yeah. against Liverpool. Oh. And I'm saying, well, I'm... Jorginho and Kovacic might run rings around you, man. You know what? I didn't want to say it, you know. I didn't want to be the same. I didn't want to be the same because I was waiting for Jermaine. I was waiting for someone to say You know me, I'm honest. You know me, I'm honest. I'll own up. I was waiting for someone to say it, fam. Because, bro, when no, legit, I could not believe what I've from Balak. I could not believe what I've seen from Balak. I genuinely could not believe it, bro. Because I'm saying, listen, Lucas Lucas and their man, they don't want to buck up on, on, on Kovacic, you know? No way. Man, they, no way. Their no man, way. they will see stars. This one is long. It was so yeah. baffling. Like, so, uh, it's weird. I, this is why, one thing I'm going to state, and one thing I want listeners to take from this podcast is, if you can, absolutely watch games, past games of your favourites, your legends. Watch yeah. them back and just, I guess, I wouldn't say have some patience, but watch it back thoroughly 
with an open mind. Watch yeah. the game back with an open mind, and I think it will kind of change not necessarily your 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 stance on certain players, but it will definitely change your perspective on how harsh you are criticizing when it comes to criticizing current players. A million percent. Because a game like this, a high-level game like this, let's put let's put let's let's make a comparison. So last season, um Kovacic, um many fans, including myself, didn't really want him for 40 million pounds. We weren't really too keen. Not because he's not a good player. We didn't think he was worth the money. Um, and also, for where he played, he didn't do sufficient what, as what we want, what we expect, and what we're used to as a number eight, considering that yeah. we had Frank Lampard all these years scoring 204 goals. We, you know what I mean? We, we have a certain level of expectations when we have a player playing in the number eight. Now, mm. if you look at that, Compare Kovacic's performances against Bayern Munich this season, where he was, we got spanked, and he was the only player that looked levels, in my opinion. Head and shoulders above everyone, yeah. Only, only player in our team, that entire game, that looked levels, yeah? Mm. Now, if you start comparing the amount of stick and the amount of flack that he got, the amount of people that said, no, we don't want him, we don't want him, we don't want him, compare his performance against Bayern Munich and you compare, say, Balak's performance against Liverpool, you'd think, wow. You'd literally think, wow, night and day. Level, in terms of players, in terms of attributes, in terms of application in the game, you're thinking, yeah, Kovacic's completely clear of it. So I think it's important you watch games back. It will definitely change your... your, your it should. Maybe not definitely. I mean, think about it like this. It should don't change your perspective. Don't forget, like... European people would watch the Premier League. They would watch that match and think, this is why the, they rate the Spanish League. Yeah. They, they weren't playing football. Like, and I saw the bench and I saw Mikel and Deco on the bench and I was like, ah, Bro, bring them on. Honestly, like, do you know what? At half time, like, I, I can't lie. Because you, 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 because you watch Chelsea so much, there's certain games that just mesh into each other. Mm. So, my memory of that game, Anelka came on in the 60th minute or uh, 70th minute. Um, Mikel came on on like the 60th minute for Balak because it was so bad. That, that's what I was expecting whilst watching the game. So when I'm watching the game, I'm expecting Mikel to come on. I'm expecting Anelka to come on at a certain time. It don't happen because certain people are so bad. Now, that game for me, Balak was screaming to come off and Mikel was screaming to come on. And then Essien gets pushed forward and we have a better control of the midfield. Yeah, sure, we still won the game. But it, I, I just felt there were certain things that should have happened during that game. And one thing for certain, bad like that game, he <laughs> shouldn't have lasted 90 minutes because he should have been sent off. What I will say about Balak, though, is I was watching that game and I was disgusted because of that midfield and they wasn't playing football. But yeah. then the one time... They got the ball. Balak wow. started to play a little bit the of football. Pass. The pass to Manuka. Fuck you. Bro. Bro. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, and so you're watching I was like, but why did you play football before? Uh, like, why are you just uh, rushing? In? Uh, uh, listen, I tweeted. I literally tweeted, yeah? Balak. Because I'm tweeting what's happening in the game. I said, Balak, you've had an absolutely shocking game, but that pass <laughs> to Maluda. It's absolutely world-class. 
he literally breaks two lines, Malula's off, simple tapping. Bro, it was it wasn't unbelievable. Just it wasn't just breaking lines. The pace he got on that ball, on it's the perfect. floor, dipped in a straight line, the straightest line. It was, do you want to talk about cookie cutter? Yeah, wow. fucking beautiful. Listen, but this is what I was saying. This is what I was saying as well. You know, you know, when I said um, the team, like you look at the names and you look at the quality on the pitch, mm. and the thing about this team that a lot of people forget is that um, not Chelsea fans, obviously, but like I think a lot of even rival fans forget that this team literally only needed ten or fifteen minutes to turn it on, mm. and because the quality of some of the players was so high, meaning Balak had a shocker, but if Balak wanted to, or if he had like a, a good five or ten minutes. It might just kill your game. Do you see what I'm saying? Because he's like he's he did have that quality. Yeah, you know I'm saying. And yeah. but I don't think personally we got the best ballot of you know of his career at all. At all, at all yeah. And I, and I think um, like when people even talk about Balak on the timeline and that, I'm thinking, yo, you do know we got him at the end, right? Like we got, we got him towards the end of his career. Not we never got him like in his like prime Germany Balak. Like we never got that Balak. So, and I watched obviously. Seeing Balak in Germany, all of the long shots, all of the, those goals that he scored from range, mm. he barely had any of them. Barely, man. Oh we my god, I, re- I remember, um, like, it, so excited to to see some of them when he first came. Yeah, yeah. I remember like being so excited, yeah. and I, I I felt like I had to wait for ages. I yeah. can't remember what it was, and even the one he scored, it wasn't even like one yeah. of them bangers. I think it was like a volley or something like that, but it was like some low volley, and it was yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I was like. But to be fair, in, in Balak's defense, in Balak's defense, though, um, when you're playing alongside Lampard, something has to give. Yeah, and don't yes, forget, yeah, Balak is Balak is mad dirty if you know him as a player. And don't forget, he played DM for Germany too. So yeah, you can sacrifice that part of his game, right? So it was more, and and that's that 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 shows a little bit of like humbleness because yeah. he could just say, remember, oh, we'll talk about Drogba and Elka, but he could just say, no, nah, I'm Balak. I'm going to play close to the goal and I'm going to keep on shooting. But he's a, he's a leader and a captain as well and he knows what it is. I know, but also, he's, underst- he's understood what it means to lose. Yeah. So he doesn't mind sacrificing because he, he didn't want to lose again. Yeah, that's, the most, see, that's, that's the most important thing and I feel like, now we're going to, we, we, we keep doing this thing where we're comparing the current to the past and um, I think it's that's a prime example. A million percent because it gives yeah. context. And I feel like, what, what I saw, what I noticed of the game, or what I noticed in the game, is a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Which is quite a weird thing to say, but I noticed a lot of sacrifice. I noticed at least four players literally sacrificing their entire game just for the team. Mm. And I'm not going to say it's, that's a rarity these days, but just prime example... Michael Ballack, like you said, having to play alongside Frank Lampard, who is one of our greatest ever goal scorers, one of our greatest ever shooters, of course, Lamp- uh, Ballack, naturally, you're going to not, not necessarily regress, but you're going to start taking less of these things because not to say you're not a leader, because Ballack definitely was one of our leaders at the club. But, and I don't say that he shirked responsibility, but I think that once you know the hierarchy, you're going to start taking, not ste- I'd say take step back. He's going to take certain steps back because, again, like Dan said, you can't have both of them trying to do the same thing. It's just not going to work. It's just literally not going to work. And, um, yeah, I saw Essien sacrifice his game. 
Kaluf. I'm not to say Kaluf. He he served his purpose. Uh-huh. I would say but it was a sacrifice, but he served his purpose. But I, Kalu, we definitely Kalu, need to give him flowers, million percent, because he was man of the match for me. No, no. But what I'm saying is, Kalu, in terms of sacrifice, Kalu and Maluda, the wingers, they yeah. got back in the backs. Yeah. Talking about, yeah. like, I noticed that our back four, because I'm always thinking, oh, how do they do it? How do we get? Because I want us to be, like, um, defensively resolute now. And so I was watching, like, because yeah. obviously that's still, like, the makeup of the team that was defensively resolute. So I was watching how they did it. But there were times where, Ashley Cole and Ivanovic squeezed in. Team, bro. Yeah. So that they was like a four in a box, and then the wingers were almost like fullbacks. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So like that sacrifice. And don't forget, they still had to support the attacks, but Kalu and Maluda would run back. Run, bro. Tireless workers, man. Because yeah. Aurelio, Aurelio and, um, <clears throat> and Arbeloa were getting forward quite a bit. They pushed up a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think it was definitely something that. Um, probably Hilling had seen as well yeah. and he thought yeah we're going to need you two to to probably do work so that's, that's the thing you know are you Maluda, gonna... Maluda's strong he's a bully so if he comes back there's not a lot of people that are going to probably out muscle him and then you've got Kalu as well who again very you know his core is mad yes. like great balance good on the ball like can, yeah. can, can carry the ball up the pitch and so he, he's like it was definitely like in terms of uh, like a not well I wouldn't say game plan but like the structure of the team was probably the right. sacrifice was there, but also like when you're talking about leaders, like mm. um, what you were saying, don't forget. I think I like the in the in between game. So when um, the ball went out or whatever, they were chat- man were chatting to each other. It yeah. was like you guys go there. It was Terry was chatting to each other. Bat was touching each other. Drogba, do you know like so many people taking responsibility? Yeah, like, so many people. Terry, like this, everyone was taking responsibility. It's yeah, crazy. It's like Ashley Cole as well. That's, the, that's the, mad, the maddest thing is, even the players that are not having great games, like, they're all yeah. literally binding together. Fuck yeah. it. Like, even though we're having yeah. this thing, because fuck it, you don't lose your man. You don't lose your man. Like, it was literally, it was literally like going to war, like you said. Literally. Yeah. It was very much, a, it was very. The only way I can say it is very manly, very menish. Like, like it doesn't. Like, even like, like Chelsea when we win one titles under Conte. Like, there's certain times and certain certain matches where you don't feel like people are taking responsibility. It's all mm. like, oh, I can't explain it. We, I felt like, like that, I felt like that title win under Conte was sensational from Conte because of his absolutely elite tactical. Genius. You get what I'm trying to say? I think, I think Conte than... had... I was going to say, I think Conte had enough testosterone for that title. Spam. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So he was like, Conte, yeah. not only tactically was he incredible, but as a man, like he was able Thanks, to man. be the driving force. And you've got Costa yeah. as well, who's a driver. Yeah. Like, you see what I'm trying to yeah. say? And Terry was there as well, but he didn't. I don't think he played. But he was. Yeah, one hundred. I think if you look at the reactions of the players as well, like sometimes like, when they were doing certain things, even though they were playing so poorly, like when they make a challenge or whatever, like Alex and Terry, the amount of times they like high fived each other, like so yeah. many times, like to say, like, like we got this no matter what what happens today, we got this. Like, another worry. thing as well that's worth noticing, like you know when. A lot of the time, like even under Jose, 2014-15, Conte, uh, both seasons, where we can see the goal and we capitulate. 
Yeah. Our heads yeah. drop. And you they visibly drop. After yeah. we conceded a goal in the fourth minute, there was none of that. There was I didn't there was not a single there was not a single doubt. You know what I'm to say? There wasn't a single doubt that we're not gonna we're not gonna where the game's done. That is the point of the podcast. That is the that is the point of the podcast. Yeah. I didn't I, I that even I missed that. It felt the heads didn't drop. The belief in it is crazy. And like the theme for the last two or three seasons, we score a goal, everybody's, everybody's in nervous mode. Oh shit, the, the Twitter's gonna get us, the paper yeah. is gonna get us. Yeah, man. Not, maybe maybe social media is around there, maybe it affects them more, but they didn't you, you didn't see it. Yeah. I, I felt like as well they, they started hitting them harder. Like I looked at Ivanovic after we conceded and he was fuming. Like he just went to another gear. Can we talk about, we'll, we'll talk about Ivanovic. Well, let's let's talk about Kalu first and foremost because the big question when we were watching the game, when I was watching the game, I, I jumped in the group chat and I was just giving my thoughts. I I, I tend to just like literally just just talk and just talk crap forever and just start talking about how, what I'm seeing. I, I can't help it. Sometimes when I'm watching a game, I just literally can't help but commentate. It's just, it's just natural for me. So I'm watching a game, and I'm just telling the boys, I'm like, look, fucking hell, Ivanovic, incredible. But, bro, are you not seeing Kalu? <laughs> I literally messaged the I'm like, boys, have you not seen Kalu? I can't believe that, like, it was so crazy, because I never... Like, I was never one of the guys that used to get onto Kalu. I always thought Kalu, yeah, good squad player, very useful squad player. Certain games make sense for him because tactically he works hard. He doesn't leave his full back exposed. He is always like right place, right time kind of player. And I like that. I like that quality that he has. And he was strong, relatively quick, very good in terms of counterattack. So it just made sense to have him, made sense to play him. So he used to get quite a bit of flack. Um, when he was playing. So it was just like, I watched him again with fresh eyes and I thought, wow. I didn't think he's an amazing player, but he, it definitely made me think, you know what? This is a perfect squad player. It yeah, made yeah. me really appreciate and squad players and what he was as a squad player. But also, when you was watching it, you think we could use Kalu now. Facts. That's Facts. what I, I thought we could use him because Kalu, like, I know we've got Pulisic that dribbles too, but there were so many times that he dribbled past people with ease and not necessarily at pace, but yeah. he just played the ball between his feet and he was such a calm player and he was a Mourinho baby. Yeah. And when I say Mourinho baby, Mourinho bought him as a teenager. And yeah. so that's why I'm talking about in terms of sacrifice. He Defensively, he, he gave everything. Attacking-wise, like, for me, he wasn't that frustrating. No, the ball, like... Out of all of the players, I think he was one of our brightest. I wanted to see it come to Kalu more than, than to Drogba. Facts. Because I felt with, with Kalu, yeah. again, so with Kalu, like, sorry to cut you off, bro, but Kalu, every time the ball get, got to him, I knew it was sticking. I knew. Yeah. I didn't feel, because whenever Drogba, because every, every time the ball was going up to Drogba, it was just bouncing yeah. off him. But yeah. it was going up to Kalu, it was sticking. He was setting. He was turning. He was dribbling yeah. past people. Yeah. And able to pass it to Drogba, pass to Lampard. It was just yeah. right. He was the only player in our attack, in my opinion, yeah, that yeah, literally exactly. showed a, a senior quality on the ball. Yeah, I was going to say, out of the three, 
I think if you look at all the styles of like, in, in terms of the styles of play, like Maluda, he gets the ball in a lot of the time, like I said, he tries to bully his way yeah. down that line and that, and it's just, sometimes it's just so messy and it doesn't always come off. Mm. But he was quite good at it, to be fair. But I didn't really want to see that all the time. So out of the three of them, I do agree, like when I was watching it, when the ball went to Kalu, like he had such good feet in terms of in tight spaces. Like he would do this little sidestep all the time to get past the player. Like it was, he'd had little step overs in his locker as well. Like he, he did have stuff. Like, and I remember just watching him, like, and it's mad how your past judgment affects when you even watch him a second time because you almost kind of like just disregard him because not, not everybody, but me, myself, I'm saying, like, when I was watching it, Straight away, I kind of like just disregarded like um, Kalu because I was like, I knew that back in the day I was always um, getting onto him and I like disliked a lot of the stuff that he did. So like, as the game went on though, I'm starting to watch and I'm saying, yo, like, he's actually he's actually moving kind of mad sometimes on the ball. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, oh shit, like out of the three, he's actually played the best out of all three of them. Because Jogba, obviously, we'll talk about Jogba later. We don't even need to say anything, but like... Um, yeah, Jogba and Maluda, like in terms of what they were giving and in terms of what Kalu was offering on that day, I think Kalu definitely deserves a massive shout out because he, he didn't just do it in that game as well, he did it in a lot of games. Like, he did used to do like but he had a good hunger for goals as well, yeah. like Kalu. Let me read out his stats. So Solomon Kalu played 244 games for Chelsea, he scored 60 goals, 44 assists, and this is a squad player. This is a player that is not play. This is not a, this is not a player that's playing every week. This is not a player that is literally getting games all the time in the league. But Kalu, he did his thing at Chelsea. I don't think it's and and it's literally a crime that he got even the any any type of um, criticism. Considering he was a squad player and the number in our most competitive era as well. Yeah, in, I just in didn't most competitive like period. And 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 you say two hundred forty games. A lot of those aren't going to be starts. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. A lot of them, yeah, a lot of them aren't going to be starts. Start. And I just remember there's something about Chelsea fans that you just want to sell all the players and bring in new squad players. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Kalu, as someone to come on, you're not going to get a Ben talent for the bench, right? So I understand. And I think one thing watching it again, there's a lot of people that say actually when they think about wingers. Oh, it, there was a four-four-two era. So if you're four-four-two wingers, you can't score goals. But don't forget, when you see most teams now, when you're playing a four-three-three, the right foot is on the left, and the left foot is on the right. Mm-hmm. Like Halu was on the right side, so it's not like he was he could just cut in with his left foot nah, and score. So it already hampered his game a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's harder. And so for someone like Kalu played on the right as well, and for someone to get that many goals playing on the right side too. Like, you kind of have to give him his dues. Like, Kalu started 24 Champions League games. He scored seven. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage, and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Seven goals. He scored more Champions League goals for us than Hazard. One of our best ever footballers at the club. He scored more yeah. goals and he yeah. played on the right-hand side. Yeah. I and just I know, think, I know that you know I mean? as well. Exactly. And I know, I know what people are going to say. I know people are going to say, okay, cool, it's one match. If we, in 10 years' time, we could do a William match against Spurs and people are like, oh, we're at, like, don't forget, <laughs> we still have the perspective of we've watched all of this. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, 
You know, like when you've tasted something you haven't tasted, or like you smell a smell you haven't smelled in a long time, and the memories flush back. Yeah. So it's not just about this one game. Like it's the context of, oh yeah, I remember, I remember. Yeah. It's just, yeah, a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of Kalu's criticisms were definitely out of pocket. Harsh. Definitely, definitely harsh. Um, yeah. Again, he only started 94 Premier League games for us, but his numbers are very, very impressive. 36 goals and 94 starts. 25 percent minutes were very limited man it's just um it's refreshing it was refreshing to see Kalu again and watch him up close again um but yeah i think he was definitely one of the standout performers um for me um everyone dubs this as the bane match um the branner match branner's birth because that's where he scored his um first two goals um for chelsea Aside from the goals, let's put those goals aside. The guy was physically incredible. Like, when it comes to pace and power, that's real PNP. Ivanovic had real PNP. Because I used to think, oh, he's really not that quick. But Ivanovic, when he was like 24, 25, bro, he was quick. Like, Riera wasn't a slouch. But Riera did not get by him once. Literally, Ivanovic was just... If he's not outpaced... It reminded me of Reese James. So, you know when you're running by Reese James and Reese James got a little acceleration to get there and then barge you out of the way? That's all that Ivanovic was doing. All game. And then he'll do nasty crunches just to kind of take Riera out. Just, just, to, just to let him know that I'm, I'm about. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, yeah, he was quality. Throughout the, throughout the game, he was quality. Ivanovic is an authentic Eastern European. Proper. Like that, you know that type of Eastern European? They don't use conjunctive words. It's like, Not I eat him. I, I scratch face. What that type of shit? I kill you. I fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> That's what it is, bro. Like, yeah, like, 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 and it's crazy. And you know what? When we bought him, we bought him, I can't remember from which Russian club, but the Russian club he played for, he played right back there. Now, when we yeah. bought him, they right back, centre back. And I was dying for him to get games, but he just wouldn't play. They just wouldn't put him in. They just wouldn't put him in. I didn't know that this was one of like his first big matches for Chelsea yeah. because he looked amazing. It didn't look like he just come, came to the team. Nah, he like, looked like he'd been there for a while. Yeah. And, and like, I know we love Reese James, but again, I was thinking, rah, imagine if we had young Ivanovic now. James, bro. Like, he had everything. When you're talking about, you're talking about you create a monster, like an Eastern European villain in the, in the machine. That's like, him. He had everything. That's him, like, like he was just. I wouldn't want to play against him. I don't think anyone would want to play against him. But also, like a centre back, when you have a centre back that plays right back, usually they're not moving like that. He moves all the way up and down. He can run on the ball. The cross that he put in bro. was raw. When I tell you he put in a cross, like I know oh, we love. That, um, it was Maluda. Was oh well, Maluda was supposed to be on the back of it. On the end of it, yeah. Cross was cross. It was phenomenal. It's one of the best crosses I've seen this season. I like in terms of just watching football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whipped it past everybody. It went past yeah. everyone, and the trajectory was beautiful. That's to it. Was flat. It was delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Thing, <laughs> my last thing with him is is that as well. Like, I just loved watching the, the fullbacks that defend first. Yeah, like it made such a it made such a change, like such a difference. 
to like obviously football now. And I don't. I'm not saying I, I dislike like the attacking side of it because I I love it. But the just to, like my my thing has always been if you're a left back or a right back, your first thing to do is defend first, innit? That's what we need. That's what we're gonna need if we're gonna stop all the best attackers coming against us, innit? Mm-hmm. So to watch Ivanovic, um, like his defensive display was ridiculous. But the best thing about him was. You'd look at him and you'd think, this guy ain't going to be a dribbler or, or, or going to yeah. be up there crossing the ball like that. Mm. Nah, because he'd been doing it for time. And he'd done it against like PSG when we needed him. Yeah. He'd done it against... Um, nah. like he'd, he'd come up against Liverpool and done what he did with, the, with his two goals and was just like bullying man on that, on that right-hand side. All game. All game. And he's, he's just different as well. Like he's, he's a mad athlete. Mad flexible as well. Mad acrobat. He's, he's, he's yeah. a different kind of fish. Yeah. Yeah. man. Yeah, I'm it's just the wrong FC, bro. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly. So I think rightfully that is definitely called that is definitely dubbed the the, the Branislav Ivanovic game because yeah, goals, like, I just want to talk about his first goal, like the header, because the aggression, the desperation, and desire to get onto that cross, bro. Fucking hell, you he couldn't stop him. I think it was Alonso that was on him, bro. Like. Alonso tried to put his arm out and he just literally burst past him. Like, the desire was incredible. I, bro, honestly. Did, did, did any of you look, look in the box and, and look at the players that were actually all waiting for the ball as well? Bro, all look monsters. At them, bro. All <laughs> monsters. Like, Alex, Terry, Ivanovic. Nah. <laughs> What's mad, yeah? So, you see... You see me, yeah? When... <clears throat> When Ivanovic came to the end of his time at Chelsea, I think like he he, he stayed a season or two a bit a bit beyond where he should have left. But it it just reminds me like how the mighty have fallen. Like it because he was so yeah. fucking good, like ridiculously good. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to Branagh, man. Shout out to Big Ben. Bad man. I love that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say let not moving swiftly on because. <laughs> There's one thing I want to discuss, man. Oh, man. Like, look. So me, me, and, me and Dan, we've been talking about strikers and the striking situation at Chelsea. And the, one, the hierarchy about having, you know, like you're predisposed, you're, you've got your preset winners and everyone else really isn't going to be given an opportunity. Like, we, that, that idea, I hate it. Dan hates it as well. This is just, one, it's not fair. Um, the meritocracy is just not there. Um, and a prime example of this is Didier Drogba. Throughout his career at Chelsea, and let's not get it twisted, Drogba is a certified, like, bona fide legend at the club. Absolutely. No way. You know what I mean? Absolutely under, un, undeniable legend at the club. Undeniable in terms of his big game performance. It's just undeniable. You can't deny the man, yeah? But there is no... I, I think it's very difficult to question or de- very difficult to um, to say otherwise that he definitely made it a lot difficult, a lot more difficult for certain other strikers that arrived at the club or was at the club to play with him because he was the main guy. Well, after 2006, he became the main guy. And I guess it was um, the managers and the players that came in, their responsibility and their... their um, <clears throat> Um, they had to show that they need to be number one, right? But the problem is when you have 
you know, a top goal scorer, someone that has won a golden boot, you have someone that's, um, you know, a leader in the club and they've got a say, they've got, they're, they're, they obviously have some form of sway at the club and with the players as well. It's very difficult for another striker that's coming in from a foreign club or another club um, to come in straight away. And if they don't hit the ground running, it's very difficult for them. And especially if you've got a striker that will generally make it very difficult for them to play with them as well. So I remember there's a famous quote from Scolari, um, again, 2008-2009 season, um, where Drobo had actually had a knee injury. And this season, and the season before then, um, he wasn't actually pretty good because his knee was just playing up throughout, throughout the period. Um, and uh, Anelka, on absolute fire. So Anelka was our top goal scorer. By December, he scored 14 Premier League goals. He had 19 in all comps, literally flying. And I think by November, December, Drobo gets back from injury. Um, still incredibly rusty. Um, he pro- I think he scored one Premier League goal up until December. Very, very like, poor season for him. Um, so coming to the Liverpool game, it was all, again, Drobo got the nod, despite being clearly rusty. Um, by this time, Scolari got sacked and we um, installed um, Hiddink. And Hiddink is not really the guy that likes to rustle feathers. He is not that guy. He is literally going to stick to the core of the side, the trusted core of the side, and go with that. Um, but Drogba's performance, boys, I, I will get onto this later, but I want you guys to take the floor because, wow. What did you, Dan, <laughs> what did you think of Drogba's performance? I, I think Jermaine should go first because just, <laughs> just because for me, I don't think it was, I was more expecting it. So it wasn't. Okay. I think, All right, Jay. Jay, okay. Yeah. Go, go on, Jay. I, what, what, uh, what, what, okay, first of all, because you knew the result beforehand, you knew he scored. And like you said, you didn't really, you didn't watch the game, you ain't watched that game for a long time. So going yeah, into well, watching that game, going into watching that game. What were you expecting to see from Didier? Because you know Didier has given it to Liverpool a couple of times. So what yeah. were you expecting to see? And what did you see? And was it did it surprise you? Did the difference between the two surprise you? To be honest, with with Drogba, yeah, throughout the whole time I used to watch him at Chelsea, I used to always think that baggy touches and like you know little parts of like untidiness and all of that i sometimes i wouldn't be surprised by it yeah but certain games i would just feel like i'm not pro i'm probably not going to see it as much once or twice maybe here and there but not as much but you see this game yeah when i when i saw when i rewatched this game and i saw how many times that ball just would not <laughs> Yeah, I kept on thinking of Giroud. I thought of Tammy. I thought of every striker that could probably have held up the ball better than him on that day. Because my word, and then he and then he blasts it over the bar. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> chance, yeah? there's so too many game. things, bro. There's so many before we get into the one of the chances. But let's talk about trapping it. It was like, all it was missing 
was, do you know that music that they play on those compilations? Someone's having a bad day. Look, you showed a man this too. I don't want to do this to my own goat, yeah? I don't want to do this to my own goat, but I swear I will make the video. <laughs> I don't want to do this to my own goat, because, listen, Drop has given me too much joy, but, bro, this performance, oh, God, diabolical. The man, the maddest thing is it panned, it panned, yeah? One time it panned, yeah? The camera panned to Anelka on the bench, yeah? And I said to myself, I've seen Anelka's face, yeah? Do you know what? Do you know? Okay, so you know the thing is with football, yeah? And when they televise it, the best thing is, cameraman, like, they'll either pan to you when you're having a stormer, having an amazing game, or pan to you when you're having an absolute stinker. And because the, like, the, the match we watched, the video we watched, had no commentary at all, yeah? So it's... The, the camera just kept panning to Drogba. Like, every five minutes, it kept yeah. panning to Drogba. It just was moaning face. You know that face where he's just moaning all the time? You know that, um, that early Drogba, when he first came in, he's dropping all over the floor, asking the referee kick? That's the moaning Drogba I just kept seeing. Though. It was killing me. Drogba wasn't even diving or knocking, falling to the floor. None of that. But oh, none of that. What was that killing thing. me is just his face, because he knew he was there. He knew he was bad. He knew, and the camera kept panning to him, like, and bro, it was killing me because every it was like literally every five ten minutes, every five ten minutes, and I could just I'm like visualizing this hearing, Clive Tildesley in it in, in my head, like saying her drug was having a terrible game, and just it just kept, <laughs> it just kept killing me, bro. The funniest thing is one time he crossed it with his left foot, yeah, and it just flew right oh, off the pitch, bro. man. Like, I said, what? Yes, I said this nah this ain't Jogba. Nah. I said this can never be Jogba. Oh, this ain't Jogba. Do you know what? Because you you oh, bro, how how can I put this into words? Rogba for me in big games, period. So, so this game, again, I had this idea that he was just giving it to them. He was giving Carragher a, a, a bad, bad game because I've seen him fist up Carragher non-stop for 90 minutes in certain games. But this one, no, 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 no. Carragher ate him alive. Like, literally ate him alive. It was so light for him. It was so, my, so light. Because my question was is so though, bad, right? Sorry, man. Yeah. Sorry, my man. question was, though, as well, like, do, do we think that Drogba took a lot longer than we actually, that, that we generally thought? Um, to get polished into like the perfect player, do we think it took like a little bit longer than? Right. So, so me and me and Dan disagree on. So this is where me and Dan have different like views and stances, right? So me personally, I didn't feel like technically he was super porous when he first arrived. One thing that I noticed from the get go, and I always believed it, Drogba a million percent suffered from rotation policy at Chelsea. In the first two seasons, he suffered because we had Mutu, we had Johnson, we had Drogba, obviously, and we had Crespo. No, Crespo left. Crespo, no, we had Kesman as well. Crespo was on loan to Inter. Crespo went on loan. And then the season after that, we had Crespo, we had Ida, we had um, Drogba, and we had, I think, Kesman again, wasn't it? No. No, it wasn't Kesman. It wasn't Kesman. No, Sheffield came the season after that. We okay, had cool, so it. So anyway, it, it was rotation again. So <clears throat> because Drogba 
come to a new league, one. Two, isn't playing regularly every other week. I think Drogba naturally, especially when you're, you're getting used to a league and just <clears throat> get used to playing in a certain league, I feel like in terms of the touch, having to, being aware of your space, being aware of how to play in certain environments, I felt like he suffered quite a bit. Because I felt in the season after that, so 2006, 2007, is when everything clicked into gear. Everything clicked into gear. Um, his presence in big games was starting to be felt. Touch was there. I mean, even like he started taking free kicks then, top corners. Like, everything was there, right? Okay. But, 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 but what, I know, what I will say is that, that the peak of that did not arrive until 2010. Okay. I think that's the height. So okay. I, where I, I agree with what you're saying, Dan, is in saying it, everything was just smooth. Everything in 2010, where he got the 30 goal, 35 goals or whatever, 39 goals, every, it was just smooth. Everything was just smooth, crisp, touch was perfect. It's like everything was just smooth. I, I They're get. Not the same player. They're not the same player. They're not the same player. I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not but what I'm saying is, Mies, when you watch a 2010 match and you watch that match, that Liverpool match, how are these oh, two yeah, the same player? Bro. How are they the same player? It's it, crazy. Honestly, words fail me because this match, it, le- it literally made me start re-evaluating everything. I was, I was like, I was, drug, I was looking at drug, but I was thinking, oh. <laughs> I literally gasped. What? Like, what? Is this my Didier? I couldn't, so, believe, I couldn't believe it. So for me, the first time we all saw Drogba, I think, was Marseille. That's a Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle. Yeah, Marseille, Newcastle. And when we watched that match, the commentary, I don't know if you guys saw the same shit, but people was like, yo, this is kind of Thierry Henry. Yeah. Now, when you talk about Thierry Henry, yeah. the first thing you think of is technique. Yeah. So for people to say Thierry Henry, obviously, I'm not saying he didn't have zero technique. But what I'm saying is, it's on and off. And like we talk about Bakayoko, Bakayoko, we watch him in the Champions League and everyone's like, oh my God, New Yaya, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think is people can colour him from a few matches, everything. Right. And I think with, with Drogba, when he came, I think he was mad raw. But the, my thing is like, you've seen me with Kovacic, you've seen me with Jorginho, you've seen me with so many players, Barkley, extra, et cetera. Like, I think a lot of people hone in on people's weaknesses and they want to sell them for weaknesses. The reason why I don't do that is because I know that under the sun, there isn't many players with weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So as long as your positives outweigh that, it's cool. So with my problem with Drogba at the beginning when he first came was that this guy had weaknesses and the positives wasn't outweighing. Leeds has mentioned that he was rotated. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want it motherfucker out. I want a different player, but... He grew so much. And, like, I watched the 2010 match against Arsenal. I don't know why I watched it, because we got smacked 3-1. I didn't understand that we got smacked. But I was watching the match, and it was good I watched it. Are you talking about 2010-11 season? Yeah. It was the, the season after we won the title, Vanchard right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And And the, the commentator was just eulogising about Drogba's touch. Yeah, and that's night and day. And that's night and day from, from, from that game. I know that's just one game. And... I'm going to have a fun time going back and I'm going to be watching games from 2004, 2005, 2006. What, what I do implore you to do is the, 2000, the 2006 7 season, watch him against Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. 
Yeah. Now, that, that, definitely watch that game. And then yeah. also compare him to Chelsea. Watch random games. Yeah, yeah, watch random. Watch random, but specifically... I'll watch that game. Yeah. Watch that game and specifically watch... Um, I think... I, oh, also watch the game against Barcelona at home as well. Yeah, also, watch, also watch in 2010, watch Chelsea versus Arsenal at the list because the game we watched, don't forget, we spoke about it. Mm. Our game plan was to get up to yeah. Drogba. Get up to that was our game plan. Yeah, yeah. Man couldn't trap the ball at all, and that was <laughs> our game plan. But yeah, that's, that's insane. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. But like we say, remember, and all that anyone's going to remember from that match is that Drogba put that ball in there. And he did it great because he had to get there first. He came from behind. He timed the run. The ball was perfect by Maluda again. So, like, we can criticise all of these players. But when you talk about clutch and make it like, would you put, like, we Arsenal where they would play a game and they would be amazing, yeah, but they wouldn't score. Yeah, this, they didn't, wouldn't this is what I was going to, I was going to say as well. Like, the thing about Drogba yeah, that I think is the best and the most beautiful thing about his career is that his rise to like become like the perfect kind of I wouldn't say the perfect striker, but I'd say like one of the most effective strikers. I would say that mm. I think he's he definitely he made his mark in in being one of the most effective strikers that I've seen in the yeah. Premier League in terms of in terms of just everything that he does on the pitch. Because I think to have a bad game like the one he did against Liverpool and still score a crucial goal, yeah. Just tells me everything you like. It just tells you everything you need to know about the top level Yeah, Torres. We've seen Torres. We've seen Morata. They're having a bad game like that. Nothing's coming off. Nothing is coming off. Nothing's missed the pocket. This is someone that didn't. He wasn't a wonder kid. He fought for everything. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like that match. I saw him walking the referee through the game. He was like, okay, that's the first time he's fouled me. Remember that? Okay, that's the second time. He was he was walking like when you're talking about testosterone, like, and I know that we spoke about, and no, we'll, we'll get back to the Anelka thing. It's like you can tell that this guy controls his household. Yeah, what is that, bro? He, you know what I mean? Like, no one's gonna no one. People need to remember like what what that does for a team. I think every like obviously. Um, seeing a lot of like goals for games and goals. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity Internet and learn about our great offers. You'll get amazing value with speeds that deliver and reliable coverage you can count on. And with XFi Advanced Security, you can keep all the devices in your home connected and protected from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more today. Restrictions apply. And like how many goals they've scored and all of that. Like, it, obviously, goals is important. Goals will always be important for a striker, and nothing should overshadow that, ever. But... Mm-hmm. In terms of somebody like Drogba and have what having a player like that means, if you do watch a few of Chelsea's games, even if you're not a Chelsea fan, if you just watch some of his games and you just see some of the games where he doesn't score, but what he does on the pitch, yeah. in terms of even for others, what he does on the pitch for others, even for them to raise their game, mm. he's just an insane character in terms of on the pitch. I think like credit to him in terms of improving technically as well. I think... I think um, I, I was shocked at how bad he was in the Liverpool game because I didn't think he was that bad at that stage. Yeah. 
in terms yeah, of because that's later on. That's that's later on. The, the thing yeah. is, I'll, I'll give I'll give leeway because again, like I said before, um, in my massive monologue, that he he came back from injury, so and it's a knee injury, so that's affecting mobility, right? Yeah. And naturally, that will affect your touch. Blah 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 blah. Cool. Aggressive game as well. To come yeah, yeah. But it just it uh, look as much as you got injured. It was so bad. I struggle <laughs> to actually give him leeway. Yeah, and this is me. This is me. This is me. This is me. Malaria season. Malaria season. You know what I mean? I give. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm the first one to give leeway to my guy. First one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, but I struggle after watching that performance, being. As object, because I don't, I don't. When I watch the game back, I try, I like, I literally try and strip away any biases, and I literally watch that game with a, a complete openness and freshness to to it. So when I watched it, I couldn't then come on here and start saying, "Yeah, job was amazing." I, I just couldn't because I, to be on it, to be perfectly honest, it just didn't pan out that way, and I just genuinely felt, "Wow." He was literally terrible. Terrible. But, like, but what one thing I want to stress is that he still had the relaxed hair. Like yeah. Really yeah. Thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like <laughs> you know, in 2010, like his haircut was refined. You could tell that he'd been here for a while. Like, <laughs> like so he was still in I transition. Had- Bro, in 2010, he had the faded sideburns, like, yeah, like he yeah, had the yeah. little skin fade, yeah. the ponytail. <laughs> he had the he had the relaxed hair and a ponytail, bro. He yeah. was polished. You're right. The yeah, trim, was, <laughs> the trim reflects. The trim reflected him, brother. <laughs> the trim reflected the technique. He was comfortable. He was comfortable. Ah, oh, bro, yeah. literally, like so the performance. Because I remember, like, he had like two. Drogba, like, as, as bad as he was, he was always about. He had five shots in that game before he came. That's what I'm saying. Five That's shots. Like, he's just about always. It was always about, yeah. If we're comparing that to Morata. Yeah, comparing to Morata and Torres, nah, man. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, they're they're had, look, context. Liverpool had more of the ball um, created, I guess, more opening, but Drogba had way more shots than um, Torres in the game. And, like, but, oh, let's talk about chances. Oh, my God. So, after Torres scored, it's like, so it's now, Torres scored like the fourth, fifth minute. Right, Chelsea's trying to start to play. Starting to get a little yeah. bit dominant. Um, <laughs> Kalu wins the ball up high up the pitch. My guy, hard working. Wins the ball up high up the pitch. Slots in Drogba. Drogba's clean Perfect. 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 Perfect off that track. Like, don't need to do nothing other than slot. He pams it straight at Reyna. I could not believe it. I Ugh, I yeah. was so, like, I was so angry because it just, that type of chance is a chance that I'm like literally cussing Morata for 24 hours if he misses that. He blasted it straight at him. I could not believe what I saw. It was so baffling as well because it's again. It's a big game. You expect Drogba to tuck against the big teams. You know. You just think, fuck it. He's tucking. He hit it straight at him. I couldn't believe it. You know, he had time, space. He could have went round him. He could have dinked anything. He just hit it straight at him. Mad. Then later on that half, left foot. 
blasted it straight over. I, I just... That's the one that got me still. I switched off after that. I just... <laughs> I couldn't believe it again. Right. I couldn't believe it. It, was just, it dropped so nice for him. It was it perfect. It clapped over. over. Um, and when I mean over, miles. Miles over. It was just so bad. That was just face after as well, baby, even more angry. Bro, <laughs> and he was smiling. It got me livid. It got me so angry. Because that tie, honestly, it could have been 5-1. Like, we could have that, taken Liverpool to the cleaners and the 4-4 wouldn't have been as stressful at the bridge. But literally, and then, oh, my God. Frank Lampard again. Literally, second half, good. Quality. Drives up the pitch. Drogba decides to take the ball off him. Okay, fine. Lampard continues bombing on. Um, Kalu, so it's a 3v3 right now. And um, Drogba's on his left foot. He could just slot in Lampard. He's made a run in between Lucas and um, Skirtle, I believe. Or, or Lucas yeah. uh, um, Carragher. What does he do? Oh, we're 3-1 up. Fuck it. I'm going to try a thing. He tries to clip a ball up. So Kalu at the back stick, who's up against Carragher, or Dosena, sorry, up against Dosena, left peg, he clips it up. And Dosena almost scores her own goal. But if he slots in Lampard, that's 4-1. Why? Why? And Lampard turns to Drogba and says, why, bro? <laughs> he literally ran 50, 60 yards. Like, why? Like, nah, man. Drogba's performance was diabolical, bro. And then and, and what kind of hammered it home was Anelka came on for Drogba. Oh, my days, yeah. And Anelka <laughs> is the epitome of technique, the epitome oh, no. of And, like, it was just, okay, I can relax again. Do you know, like, because you're on edge, you're like, what's going on? Like, well, I can't man drop a ball. And, like, that kind of throws your perspective into anything. Was Anelka good? But then Anelka makes you feel sane again because... He's everything's exactly how you remember it, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Anelka, you don't get any difference, there's no difference. So, when I watched Anelka, I'd never felt, oh, Rod, this is new Anelka. No, 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 I know Anelka. I I got what I so what I knew of Anelka, I got exactly what I I, I expected because his touch was class, yeah, he's strong as well. And the best thing about Anelka, he's so wriggly, he just thinks away from people. So, you try to tackle him. He'll just kick it and just think over you. Like he finds a new angle and in bad. Yeah, man. So like just to start comparison, and I just as we won the game, yes, we won the game. But I just felt there were just certain decisions that long term kind of cost us, man. Like, especially in the league, the decision to continuously play drug bar, even though he weren't really scoring, it was just baffling to I'm, me. If really we think about it. It's, it's almost like, what do they call it, yin and yang, the good and the bad, because we were just talking about how we missed the testosterone FC, we missed the leaders, we had captains for Germany, captains for England, captains for Ivory Coast, and like all of these leaders and all that type of stuff. But yeah. that, that comes with a certain type of like, uh, you know, that ego, that, yeah. that ego, that, that wolf pack mentality and type of stuff. Right. And so it, it was hard difficult. Hard to get in. Yeah, it's, uh, like Anelka had to like, we talked about Balak having to humble himself coming into this room. Like, Balak, one of the most world-class players in the world. Shevchenko came in and he was feeble. Do you know what I mean? So big names would come into this dressing room and they'd have to earn their stripes. So it, it, was, it was mad difficult. And like, it's, it's, 
it's bad because it's like we could have used Anelka and Drogba together earlier. They yeah. only start to play together towards the, like Ancelotti time. Yeah. But but like yeah, it was difficult for Anelka because even though Anelka deserved to play, like you said, 15 goals from August to December, yeah. but then he had to bench for Drogba, who we could see. And don't forget, Drogba again under. When when Torres came in under AVB or no, when when AVB came in, AVB tried to kind of bench. He was the first one to challenge Drogba. Yeah, he was the first one to say, "Fuck it, you're on the bench." I'll do it. Like he just went, do it. went left as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's what I'm saying. And then Drogba made made it go left, and 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 so like he had to try to separate his generals like Alex yeah. and then yeah. because so I'm saying Alex and Nelka, they've been through the hazing. So like both of them were his generals and all that type of stuff. But what I'm saying is we've seen it. One of the reasons why we've won so many, like with Di Matteo, he's not a great manager, and all of these guys could come in, and that that team could run itself. It runs itself. Like, yeah, like, the, the, fun, the, the funniest thing is where a lot of the journalists used to say, "Oh, that Chelsea dressing room is the hardest to handle, hardest to manage." Blah blah blah. You don't want to go in there for a young coach. You, wanna, you don't want to go in there. Blah blah. Mm-hmm. I used to think, "No, nah, you lot are just trying to just break us up. You lot are just trying yeah. to make rumors about us." But Small things, small things start to come out. John Obi Mikel starts talking about the dressing room, how it was in there. Anelka yeah. has little interviews. Um, Scolari has his interviews. And you start to piece things together. And it, it really makes sense. Like, even like in, in interviews like with John Terry, where he says, oh, yeah, me, Dids, Lamps, Lampsy, Coley, um, Czech, Petter. Like we've all been it together. Like that's the wolf pack. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the wolf pack. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. Balak was he's like he's like a lieutenant to them lot. Them men are like the war, the war generals, right? And then you've got like the the lieutenants. So you'd say Balak maybe. You'd say Anelka kind of I guess, but Anelka was only there for four or five years. Um, mm. So those were the main guys. So to get in. You have to oust one of them, but ousting one of them is almost like you have to oust all of them because if you oust one of them, the others are going to campaign to bring that one back. So it, yeah, exactly. it's crazy. It's cr- so that's why under AVB, he dropped every one of them. Like every single one of the Wolfpack were gone. Terry, Ashley Cole was dropped. Terry was dropped. Um, Drog was dropped. Lampard even started to get dropped as well. So yeah. those four were all gone. Petr Cech was still Petr Cech, of course. He's the goalkeeper. But the main four were all benched. Every single one of them, all benched. It's difficult because if, you want, if I'm a manager, you're hiring me for me to do things my way. Yeah. There's another manager, and that's the Wolfpack. Do you right. know what I mean? <laughs> and you kind of have to negotiate. Yeah, You man. have to negotiate, you have to so negotiate like, bro. Yeah, and so like, it's like, Ancelotti came in, and one of the reasons why they liked him so much is, He's one of those, he's a player's manager in terms of, you do your thing. What do you want? Come tell me. Let's, 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 let's um, brainstorm. Let's, let's, let's work around it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Listen, they, they, they all it's contribute to the PowerPoint, bro. It's a group project, isn't it? It's a group project, isn't it? But literally, yeah. they contribute to the PowerPoint. Yeah, I, think, I, I think the thing is about as well, like, having that wolf pack there as well, is especially, like, I'm glad you brought up the ABB thing, because it's like, how do you, how do you explain that you've got a talent like Daniel Sturridge, who you can see like his ability is is mad, it's insane. You want to start him, you want to play him, but you can't necessarily drop Drogba. And like, 
Sturridge ain't really done anything to say, yo, like, I should be the starter. But see, you can see it. As a manager, you can see it. How do you get him in? That, that's oh, the well, thing. You can, no, here's the thing. So you can't, because number one, don't forget Kalu. Don't forget Kalu, Mourinho's boy. So, like, he doesn't kick up a fuss. Kalu would get tagged, all right? So it's not like you... And Maluda would get tagged. And, like, Starwich is mad... Uh, what's the name? Versatile. He can play on the wing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a big, big cop-out. Um, and don't forget, at that point, because Drogba and Anelka wasn't... Scrapped, like, they were, at, at this point, they wasn't scoring. This is under Ancelotti. Right. The whole thing is... Obviously, Ancelotti at Ace Milan, he liked Torres. I know people are going to say Roman ball and whatever, but um, I, I followed that Milan team as we've spoken about before. And he, like, he was chasing Torres to be the new Shevchenko. Obviously, we bought in Shevchenko, we bought in Eto. Anyway, long story short, um, Torres and, sorry, Ancelotti, yeah. Ancelotti um, wanted Torres to score goals because Drogba and Nelka stopped scoring. He knew Sturridge. Ancelotti said, in training, Sturridge is our best striker. But it's, the, that Wolfpack is difficult to pick a young 21-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Well, See, so when, not, when, when we talk about the Wolfpack, yeah, look, they're not dumb, right? As much Some of them may think, okay, we're getting over the hill now. Like, even the Champions League 2012, they all said, you know what? This is our last chance. So they know, right? There's certain things you just know. Torres only joined, I think, two seasons before the Champions League win. I think it was. Yeah, yeah January, yeah. right? Oh, so, like, so they they would have far more acceptance and they'd be far more receptive if, okay, your Torres is your signing, the £50 million guy. And also, they had a respect for Torres. Torres was playing against us and he used to do big damage against us. You heard what, you heard what John Terry said. John Terry said, oh, yeah, this is going to be it. Torres is going to fire us to the Champions League in title. Like, it, that was the feeling. So Torres getting the nod to get a drug bar isn't that much of a big deal because they had a certain level of respect. But imagine Daniel Sturridge, 22, 21-year-old Daniel Sturridge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's very difficult to, to do that. And as much, but the problem is, as a manager, you should be brave enough to make these decisions. You should be brave enough to make these decisions. And that's why, that, that's why, as much as I didn't rate ABB as a manager, I rated him as an individual for making the necessary and brave decisions. Because he thought, you know what? No. Certain people are not doing it. I'm going to give the young players an opportunity. So, and I think... I think with Anelka, I wanted to just quickly touch on Anelka because, like, with Anelka, I think people forget as well a lot of the a lot of the stuff that used to follow him, and not not his fault. Yeah. It was. It's always been an agenda for the media. Yeah. Anelka. Anelka's probably been one of the most followed players, even when he's not even important. Like they, like they talk about how people follow Raheem Sterling now, and how people follow, you know, all these other black black, black players that are doing well and stuff like that. But Anelka was one of the first to really get like. Mad, mad hate from the media on a consistent basis. Can I show you? Can I show you a parallel? So, a young Anelka. There's a thing about when a young black player, I think, takes control of their career mm. um, that they don't like. So, obviously, young Anelka did bits at Arsenal for a season. Then he decided he wants to go to Real Madrid. The way that people think here is, if I give you the platform, then you need to be humble and you need to stay at this club and you need to serve. But Anelka says, no, I'm going to Real Madrid. And ever since then, vilified. Yeah. And ever since then, it's bad. Don't forget, Sturridge was at Man City. 
And they was like, we're going to give you the world and all this type of stuff. They just got some money. And he's like, no, I want to leave to go to what's name. So it's all this old ego. And yeah. he's the best in the world. And Sterling as well, again, at yeah. Liverpool, I've got, no, I've got the reins. I'm going to do this. And like, oh, how, how are you controlling your career? You should How, you how should dare be. you? How yeah, dare how you? Dare <laughs> and, the and, same, so, and the same Hudson Odoi currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to leave because he wanted to play football. He wanted to have an opportunity to play football. He saw his yeah. friend and was doing in Germany <laughs> and thought, you know what? I back myself. I think I'm better than Sancho. I think I'm as good as Sancho. I want to leave. Yeah. But he and was when they start doing, And when they about? start doing this, when they start doing this, I think like a lot of I don't know what, what how managers and whatever think and clubs think, but I think sometimes they do get sucked into it. Yeah. And I think yeah. with Anelka, I think that also like I said, it followed him every single club he went to. But the thing that people didn't realise is that you lot were still talking all this shit, but he was the same player with the same quality, doing the same things. Same so thing. like you try to get onto him. But he was still banging goals. I remember him at City banging goals. Yeah. Bolton banging Everywhere goals. Everywhere he banged goals. And the worst yeah. thing, when he was linked to Chelsea, a lot of people said, no, he's going to be bad for the well, um, Yeah, moody. But he's been in so many dressing rooms. Like, he, uh, what has he done bad? And, uh, and like, he's one of the most calmest players. Facts. Literally oh. level-headed. Literally level-headed oh. guy. Oh. No problems. No like, so many big clubs can't want you if you're so much of a problem. Bruv. Like, Honestly. It just makes sense. Honestly, you get what yeah, I'm saying. Like that, that is, reputation definitely preceded him. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So I think that also contributed to like him not like I don't think it was mainly that, but I think it didn't help like having like having that over his head as well. Like yeah. that um, for him to become like the main main striker for yeah. for Chelsea and that, probably like me said and, it should have happened and, that season. And also because of the type of character he is, he's very humble. So. He didn't kick up a fuss in that instance. So in that instance, no, the truth, in, that, yeah. in that instance, I, he didn't kick up a fuss. I remember even when he came on, I didn't say. I I looked at him and I thought he's he's doing okay. He's not not. He didn't seem annoyed. But I did see that certainly he just wasn't. I wouldn't say that he wasn't making effort in terms of runs, but you could see he felt it's three one. The game's done. I'm not going to be sprinting around. I'm not going to be sprinting all over the shop. Fuck it. It is what it is. But yeah. Anelka was such a, like, you could just, in terms of humbleness, so say Scolari, right? And this is where Anelka recognised his position. And this is why I have immense respect for him. So Scolari said that, look, I wanted to play Anelka and Drogba together, but Drogba said, no, I can only play up front by myself, right? And Anelka's like, well... When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Help your business bounce forward with this amazing offer. For a limited time, ask how to get a $500 prepaid card. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go online today to learn more. Comcast Business. Prepaid card offer ends 12-13-20. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business customers only. Call for restrictions and complete details. I only play up top. But... And even though he didn't want to play right, wide right, even though he didn't want to play number 10, he did it anyway. You see what I'm trying to say? So there's a certain level of humility that people, I don't understand, they, they miss it with an Elka. They, they don't see it. Because the, the level of humility to literally take a step back and you've been a striker all your life, being a main man all your life, well, pretty much everywhere you go, 
but you have to have the humility to say, you know what, fine, I recognize my position. I'll play wide right for you, Didier. I'll play, I'll, I'll play wide right because I'm part of a team and I'm, I, I want to win. You know I'm trying to say? He also knows as well that he was a superstar at one point as well. Don't ever yeah. forget. Like, nobody should ever forget who Nicholas Hanoko was dubbed to be and like, who, who he was at one point as well. But this is what I'm saying. Think about Anelka and the talent that this guy has, all right? This is someone like, when he was coming through, Thierry Henry and Anelka Trezeguet, like these were three of the biggest talents. Like, Anelka, with all of the bullshit around him, he was humble enough to say, okay, even with my talent, I will play for Bolton. Even mm-hmm. my talent, I'll play for Man City. And this is not Man City now, it's Man City back then. Man City was yeah, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm playing for, I'm going to, like, he gave everything for them. No, where I was, Bolton, what's the name? So the whole idea that this guy was a problem, he wasn't. Like, like he had the humbleness to move to the right to draw, but He had the humbleness to say, even though, look, I really shouldn't be playing at this level. There's no way Nicholas and Nelka should be playing at any of those levels. He should have been at the top for all of his career. Yeah. He had the to say, no, I'm not just going to play there, but I'm actually going to try my hardest. A lot of people won't do that. A lot of people will go down, and because they've got the talent, they're not going to work hard either. Yeah, right. man. Massive, massive respect for that guy, man. Seriously. Absolutely. Yeah, what a baller. But yeah, so um, Chelsea ended up winning the game, and we won. Oh, well, we drew the second the second leg, four four, crazy game at the bridge. Um, <laughs> and then you know the rest. We don't want to talk about the rest, but you know the rest um, against Barcelona um, in the semi-finals. Yeah. So um, it was an interesting game, man, and I, I definitely enjoyed watching it back with you lot um, because. Although we don't see, we didn't see certain things the same in most instances. I felt quite unilaterally we kind of agreed on a lot of things. Um, yeah. So it's definitely interesting. I, and I, again, I want to repeat: I, I definitely implore listeners to to have a chance to to look back and probably watch the game again if possible, and maybe get involved in the discussion um, because it, I feel it definitely adds context to the past, but also in the present. Um, so. Yeah. Also as well, sorry, sorry Mies, I was going to say as well, like, just to even, like, compare it to, like, obviously what's going on now as well. Funnily, funnily enough, obviously we, we want a striker right now to kind of come in. A lot of people have been calling for a striker. And they, obviously they just heard us talk about the Jogba and, and Elka situation. It's going to be quite different in terms of, like, the age of Tammy compared to what Jogba is and Elka is at the, at the time when they're playing that game. But, like, it'll be interesting to see once you have dived into like that Anelka and Jogba situation, it'd be interesting to see what people's views are on what type of striker they want to see come in and, you know, what how they feel like a, a, a striker, Tammy's age coming in, will affect the whole the whole um, development of maybe Tammy or... I, I feel like... So, with strikers... I feel it's very, very disruptive to have rotation. Um, so again, that, like Drob was earlier parts of the season, I mean, parts of his career at Chelsea, I thought it was quite disruptive to have four strikers. Um, but to be fair to Jose and to his credit, he made it work because he made sure that every single one of them were fed. Every single one of those strike, every one of those strikers were playing, and they got sufficient minutes to to kind of feel satisfied that they were not necessarily functioning at optimum level, but they were getting enough that they were playing and they felt that they were contributing. The problem is with the, the Tammy situation now is I felt like it probably was managed incorrectly 
that's not to say that Frank has. Uh, uh, this is just in my opinion. I think Frank's done an, yeah. an, an amazing job, um, and I felt he did amazingly to to give um, Tammy the opportunity, and I was brave of him. But at the same time, I feel the problem that now has been created is because you've given him the number nine shirt and you've given him pretty much the free reigns to, to start every game. Um, it's almost now caused a, a situation where there, it's, it'll be very difficult to give Tammy true competition. And you can't necessarily give Tammy true competition because I think having uh, a young striker of a similar nature, similar, not nature, but a similar level, similar age, to compete and push Tammy to the next level, it will be counterproductive because you're taking minutes away from either striker. And that, those minutes are crucial. Those time, the time on the pitch to mould, sculpt, develop you is mm. crucial. But then also, it then becomes quite unfair because Tammy, by virtue of the fact that he's been at the club since he was eight, he's already got a leg up. He's already mm. winning that battle, no matter who comes in. Mm. That's of a similar age profile, similar, um, a, a similar um, level of quality. Tammy's already got the advantage. So again, it's not necessarily fair. But then the young player or the player that comes in, are they going to be willing to be a squad player? No. Or yes. If they are willing to be a squad player, will they be given the same opportunities? No. Then would they be given the same leeway as a Tammy if he doesn't perform? And then this, the, the, the squad player or the, the rotationary backup striker gets an opportunity? Probably not. Because then you look at someone like Michi Batuai, who has been a squad player, backup striker, ever since he's been at Chelsea, but he gets pelted and literally people want him to be out of the club straight away. So the, it's very, very difficult to get this balance right now because Tammy has now feels he's a, a certified Premier League striker for Chelsea, yeah. R number nine. So rather than if you gave him 15, 16 games and rotated him in and in and out, what you know, I feel like it'd be more of a level playing field for the new person coming in. So if, 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 if he gave 15, 16 games to Tammy, 15, 16 games to Giroud, when Giroud goes, it's like, okay, cool. You get another one in, and now you're Tammy, you're switched with this player. But at this point, it's difficult for Tammy to go back. New contract's coming up. He hasn't signed yet. He wants big money. Like you said, he wants to be a big striker. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation, and I understand. Look, we talked about Drogba, and for me, his technique improved by player. So if, if, if you bring in another striker, and if you're saying Tammy, if the hope is that Tammy can improve and become refined, and have that kind of like that trim that Drogba had where it becomes polished and shit like that. He's going to need the minutes on the pitch. Yeah. And if you bring in another striker, that's going to, that, it's, it's very messy. I don't know the right answer because at the same time, Chelsea need to win. Yeah. Um, and it's something that Lampard needs to balance. Yeah. And that's what's going to be interesting because I think we've all seen Tammy play play well this season as well. Like we've, we've seen him have great games, like, like for example, the one against Wolves. Um, a better example for me, even though he didn't score any goals, was probably the Tottenham game. But like, if if Tammy can get to a point where he's playing 10, 11 games a season like that, then I don't know, man. I feel like there probably isn't a need to to, to go and get a striker. Do you see what I'm saying? But I, like, I agree with Dan like when he's saying the only way Tammy is going to get like that is by playing more of those games. More of those games consistently 
and having the backing that he's that he's got as well is is definitely going to help. So I think then, I'd, I'd, I'd be I wouldn't be against bringing in a striker, but I think if you're going to bring in a striker, I think for the safety of like probably Tammy's development in terms of going off the back of what he's done this season, I wouldn't I I would probably go against what I was what I was for earlier on and be like I I don't think Dembele. Or, or Jovic or anything like that. I don't think that's going to end very well. Like me personally, me personally, I don't feel. I don't feel like. See, that's the thing. Though. I think this is where we're on different, different sides of the uh, coin. So, look, it's fine to to back your horse to the end, right? But because Lampard has backed him to a point where he feels like he's a certified striker. It won't be a fair competition with whoever comes in unless they're a superstar striker. So, mm. if they're a superstar striker, then it's unfair on Tammy. But if they're not a superstar striker, it'll be unfair on the player that's coming in because Tammy will always be the the literal winner in that battle. There will be no battle. It won't be a fair fight because, mm. as we've seen this season, Lampard will have his preferences and his favorites, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But then you have to decide and then you have to rationalise and think, well, will Tammy or is Tammy good enough to take us to that next level or take us to a title? That remains to be seen. I'm not personally convinced. So, okay, so, so there's that. And there's also Lampard mentioned in the Champions League game where we got slapped up by Bayern and luckily, well, I won't say luckily COVID came in, but luckily that, that tie doesn't have to finish. Mm-hmm. But one, one thing Lampard said was that... Um, he realised this is the big time. This is where... The levels. We saw, we saw, we saw the match, the levels. We saw Lewandowski. Yeah. Yeah. We, saw, we saw Nabry. And, at, at, and, and, and look, it's bringing in the young players, but at the same time, you know Lampard is a very competitive guy. So Lampard wants to win. So now I know for Lampard, there's going to be an internal dilemma in terms of, yes, I want to... Because don't forget, it's the new Wolfpack. Tammy, Mount, on all that, that's the new Wolfpack. Yeah. And so at the same time, I want to bring in a player, but at the same time, it's got to fit so that I don't have the same issues that my generation faced. And so obviously, up on, on my timeline, kind of sprinkling the Robin Quazon, because obviously Mertens isn't, isn't, apparently wants to go to Inter. But yeah. if we can get someone that can play, don't forget, Quazon can play midfield, attacking midfield, he can play on the left, and he can play up front. Yeah. But, so if you bring in someone like Anelka, Finally, when he decided to play on the on the right, Nelco and Job can work together. Cool. So, so, so yeah. If you do bring in a, a, someone like that, then then you're, you're laughing. I think yeah. I don't. Think, I think this is. I feel like as long as you get a, a situation where you can satisfy both strikers by yeah. putting them together, they don't necessarily need to play up top together. But as long as they're playing in the same side where one of them's adaptable, then yeah. you'll get a fruitful situation. Otherwise, it would be a disaster. And, and, and can, I, can I just quickly say, like, I just want two proper strikers up front anyway. Yeah. I mean, Drogba and Nelka and then um, when we had, I know, look, we went down the memory lane, okay? So we was watching Good Johnson clips as well. So seeing Hasselbank and Good Johnson, and it's like, obviously, like, seeing our rivals with Salah and Mane, like, I don't just want one person that I can rely on. Finish one on one. I want more. Yeah, that's why when I was watching the old old matches with Hasselbank, Zola, and Johnson, 
you just knew, like, if Hasselbank is having a stinker, because Johnson is literally picking up the flak. You just know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, having an over-reliance on one striker, one hitter... Let's, let's dead that. We need to dead yeah. it. We need to dead it. And Lampard, one thing, that will, one thing that I have comfort with is Lampard has been part of sides that are scoring freely. He's been part of sides that have goals from multiple areas, including big hitters, himself, a drug bar, you also got an Anelka. So I thought he'll know. So in terms of composition and composing the side, I think he'll know. But whether you get that, that striking balance right, I don't know. Well, that remains to be seen. I hope, he, I hope he does pull inspiration from the Ancelotti season where you're playing two strikers but one wide. I, I hope he does because that kind of aligns with what I like and what I want in football, you know what I mean, in terms of um, attacks. So, um, we'll see, man. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. But, yeah, um, we're going to end the pod here, guys. Um, but thank you guys for um, staying with us. It was quite a long one, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, make sure you get involved in a discussion using the hashtag Touchline Fracas um, and subscribe, like, subscribe. Um, leave us a review on iTunes and um, yeah, we'll be back next week. And yeah, that's all, guys. That's all, fellas. Take easy, boys. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi Fi with reliable speed, the most in home coverage, and built in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1 800 Xfinity, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Sports Social Podcast Network.